0: The title of my message this evening is Roger Wilco, and I know it might sound like a strange title uh, for a sermon, but looking out over the crowd, I think most of us here are of the age where we know exactly what that old military phrase means, or at least have heard it, amen? Amen. So I'm wondering if you're amening about your age, or if you're amening about knowing the phrase or both. Amen. So I got to say, I'm old enough to know both. I, I know what it means and I know the phrase. And so anyway, well, if you don't know Roger Wilco already, it's a phrase that's used in the military when radio transmissions and communications are taking place. Now, Simplify it as best as I can. When an officer is giving a command or a transmission, the recipient who once fully and clearly receives the message is supposed to respond with Roger Wilco. Roger meaning, "I receive the transmission and understand." And Wilco meaning, "I will comply." So together, the two of them mean something like this. I heard your transmission and will comply with your wishes or your command. Roger Wilco means the instructions have been heard and received and will fully be carried out. And maybe some of you know where I'm going with this message. Because there is a kingdom correlation because when you're in the military, you're part of a government structure that knows authority and responds to it accordingly. And the reality is every one of us as Christians are part of a kingdom authority. And there's a way that we are supposed to respond to the authority that's over us. The reality is when, we, when the individual on the, the receiving end of the, the radio responds with Roger Wilco... They are saying that the instructions have been heard and they will be carried out whether they are agreed with or not. Because the reality is in the military, when you are given a command, you better obey it. Whether you agree with it or not. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself on the end of disciplinary measures. Now, I know that might sound a little bit hard, but the whole reality of what I'm trying to teach here is that how many of you know this is how we are to live our lives in Christ as well? Amen. We are to live our Christian lives in compliance with the Word of God. Yes. And I'll take it even further, we are to live our lives in complete compliance with the Word of God, whether we like it or not. And how many of you know that sometimes you open up the Word of God and it kind of rubs you the wrong way? It's kind of hard to hear and even harder to swallow and then sometimes even harder to live by. But the reality is, as sons and daughters of God, it is our responsibility to live in complete compliance with the Word of God, whether we like it or not. But how many of you know that God never gives an evil order to his children? God never gives a corrupt command to his sons and daughters, church. Whenever God gives us a command, it is always just. It is always righteous. And it is always for the benefit of the one that he speaks the command to. When you and I read the Word of God and there seems to be a strong command in the Word of God, it's not because He hates us. It's not because He wants us to live under His thumb. It's because there is justice in that command. There is righteousness in that command. There's protection in that command. There's a covering in that command. And there's blessings in that command. And when we learn to comply with the commands of our Father which is in heaven, and we experience the blessings of that king and of the kingdom Amen. and if we don't there are consequences to that you know as well as I do I'll be the first to say there's been times in my life where I have not complied with the commands of scripture where I've not complied with the ki- the, the commands of the the king of kings and the lord of lords and I have found myself in a place of discipline because that's why God does it. Listen, he, he chastises, the Bible says, those whom he what? Those whom he loves. Yes. So what we have to understand is that every time God speaks a word or a command or he transmits some sort of communication into our lives through his written word or through the spoken word or through the, the Holy Spirit, it is for our benefit and for our blessing. And I say all that just to lay the foundation of where I'm going. But the reality is, the truth is, that we are to live our lives according to his will and his command. We are to live our lives according to his will and his ways, not our will and not our ways, because guess what? My will is corrupt. His will is perfect. My ways are crooked. His ways are straight. And that's why we are supposed to live our lives according to the command that he gives to us, church. We're to live our lives according to his instruction for our lives. Listen, you want to know how you're supposed to live? Open up the word of God. This is his instruction. This is his word, this is his command, this is his guideline, this is his daily transmission into years of my life. And the reality is, if you want to know God's will, you got to know God's word. If you don't know God's word, you will never know his will. And if you don't know his will, you can't walk in it. And if we don't walk in his will, guess what? We're walking in disobedience and there's no blessing in disobedience, Amen. So the reality is, if you want to know the will of God, you have to know the Word of God. And it amazes me how many of us in the house of God and family of God think we can walk on the straight and narrow when we don't even find ourselves reading the Word of God or immersed in the Word of God. This is what helps us to know His will, and this is what helps us to walk in His will. The reality is, every time God speaks into our lives... And how many of you know God will speak into your life every single day? We just got to listen, amen? He will speak into our lives every single day. And what we have to do is we have to respond to that, our response, every time God speaks into our life whether, again, it's through the written word, whether it's through the spoken word like I'm preaching tonight, whether it's through the, uh, a word that someone speaks into your life that's based on the word of God, our response should always be, in the spiritual sense, Roger Wilco. It should always be, I receive that word, God, and I will comply. That's how we should start every day. Listen, we should never walk out that door without getting our daily instruction from the Father. We should never walk out that door before hearing the voice of God because he has a path of righteousness paved for us every single day. And we have to put ourselves in a place where we say, okay, God, what's my instruction for the day? What's your transmission for the day? What is it you want to communicate into my life today? And when, he, when we do that, when we give him permission to speak into our lives, we can hear him clearer, church, and then once we receive that transmission, we're supposed to say, Roger Wilco, I received that message, Holy Spirit. I received that message, God, and I will comply. I will walk in your way today, and we have to yield ourselves to that every day, amen? What was the final instruction or communication Jesus spoke to his disciples in Matthew twenty-eight twenty? It was to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and to teach them to obey all that I have commanded to you. Please understand, Jesus' final transmission, I'm going to use these words and, you know, I hope you understand what I'm saying, his final communication to his disciples, his final communication to his followers that, that were standing on the mountain when Jesus went up was a word of obedience. The final communication that he gave to his children is that I want you to live a life of obedience, Because through obedience, you are blessed. Through disobedience, we don't receive the kingdom power into our lives. That was the final word that Jesus spoke to his followers. So I would think that's an important word. Amen? And the word is obedience, church. That's what we have to understand. His final instructions was to go teach them to obey all that I have commanded. All. That means from front to back. Every single word in here is a divine word from the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is not a la carte. Every word, Jesus said, teach them to obey. Not the law, but teach them to obey the voice of my spirit. Teach them to obey the culture of the kingdom. Jesus was all about revealing the culture of the kingdom. He came to fulfill the law because he knew that we couldn't live by the law because if we did, we would die by the law. So what Jesus did is he brought a new testament. He brought a new word. He brought a new way of living. And I'll talk about that in a minute. And that's what he was saying. Teach everyone that you know to obey what I have commanded. And if you want to know it, all of it. It's all right here. We can't pick and choose. Well, we can because he gives us freedom of choice. That's a dangerous thing sometimes. But what he's saying is that that if you want to be blessed, I mean, you, you can't pick and choose. Well, I'll obey this God, but I won't obey that because when you disobey that, there's no reward to obeying that. You can't pick and choose. We have to obey all that he's commanded to us, all that he has spoken into our lives. And every day, God will speak something to us. And you know as well as I do, sometimes we want to tune that out. Sometimes we want to turn that off because it's going to mess up our fun. It's going to mess up our day. It's going to cost a little bit of something. It's going to require a little bit of sacrifice. And right now, God, it's not a good time to speak that word into my life. We've all been there. So we try to tune him out, but what, you know, he'll tune that dial till he, till, till he says, he'll keep sending that transmission until he hears our heart say, Roger Wilco, I hear you, God, and I'll obey. He'll do it your whole life long. Yeah. He don't care if he got to take 40 years for you to give up and give in. He'll keep on sending that commission that, that, that word into your life until you come to the end of yourself. Amen? That's what he's saying. Jesus' final communication to his disciples was to carry out his command, to live according to his will. And that's what we're looking at this evening, doing his will. Doing it. Doing it. Day to day, every day, doing his will. And sometimes it's not an easy thing to do, amen? But how many of you are glad that we don't have to do it on our own? We have the Holy Spirit to teach us and the Holy Spirit to help us. But in Matthew 7, 21 to 28, basically the foundation of this message, we find Jesus preaching the last third of his Sermon on the Mount, which is covered in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So here in chapter 7, it's the final third of his Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount, if you don't know it, and I'll just highlight real quick, it's all about Christian living. He's teaching his disciples and all the listeners about Christian living. It's all about the culture of his kingdom. Because how many of you know there is a huge difference between the culture of that kingdom and the culture of this kingdom? It's actually opposite. Everything this world teaches you, the kingdom teaches you opposite. Everything about the culture of this kingdom is opposite of the culture of the kingdom of God. And one of the reasons that he's, one of the the responsibilities that we have in life as Christians is to bring the culture of that kingdom down here onto this kingdom. And everything we do, the way we live our lives, the way that we communicate, the way we have relationships, the way that we do business, the way that we have conversations, the way that we post on on social media, all of it is supposed to be a reflection of the kingdom and the culture of God. Not of this. It's how we are supposed to separate ourselves, church. But, but the Sermon on the Mount is all about morality. It's all about guidelines for Christian living. And I believe Jesus preaches this Sermon on the Mount, this three-chapter series or Sermon on the Mount, to lay a foundation for the rest of his ministry and also to, to lay a foundation for the beginning of his disciples' ministry. Because the reality is Jesus, listen, somewhere when we get saved, all of us, just like these disciples, they were called to lay down their nets and follow him. But they had not yet learned the culture of his kingdom. So he had to teach it to them. He had to teach them that that the culture of of the kingdom of God is different than the culture of the, the kingdom that you're living in. And so he teaches them that, and he's teaching us that as well, church. It's, it's where Jesus tries to transform the disciples' thinking. Because how many of you know, if we plan to be his disciples, we have to transform the way that we think? If you and I want to be his disciples, we've got to transform the way that we think. The Bible says what? It says, be not conformed to the culture of what? This world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove the good and acceptable will of the Father. Listen, what this word is telling us is that if I'm going to be a disciple, I've got to change the way I think. And it's exactly what Jesus was doing on the Sermon on the Mount. He knew he had to change the way his disciples thought so that they could go out and teach the culture of God's kingdom. And do you see the reality is if you read the Sermon on the Mount, there's times in the Sermon on the Mount, not just where he tries to transform their thinking, he's actually trying to turn it upside down. He's teaching them truths that if the world tells you to do this, I'm going to tell you to do that. If someone takes your scarf, I want you to give them your coat also. That's upside-down thinking. Because in this world, it says if someone steals your scarf, knock them out. (laughs) Pull out your gun. Do whatever you got to do. It's your property. But Jesus taught an upside-down theology. He said if someone comes and takes your scarf, give him your coat also, church. He says if someone slaps you on the face, this culture says again, knock them out. If someone slaps me on the face, the, the, the earthly nature, the natural nature, this world cultural nature of me tells them, I'm going to put you down. Yes. But what does the culture of the kingdom say? Turn the it says, turn the other cheek. Yeah. He's turning the disciples thinking upside down He's trying to renew their their mind. He's trying to give them a new way of thinking so they can be a proper reflection of the kingdom of God and the culture of God. When they go out there into a crooked and a perverse generation, you and I cannot act and talk like this world and expect to make a difference in it. We cannot respond to anything out there the way the world does. We have, to, we have to act, live and move and breathe according to the culture of God's kingdom, church. Jesus, in the, the Sermon on the Mount, he says things like, if you're compelled or required or commanded to go one mile, I want you to go two. Because the first mile is the mile of compulsion. The second mile is the mile of surrender. The first mile is, ah, can't believe I got to do this. The second mile, that's all gone, and now you're doing it because you willingly have decided to do it. And so, my point is simply this: in in this Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is trying to turn their thinking upside down. And then by the time you get to chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. How many of you know there is a heavenly will that God has for every single one of us? And what our responsibility is to do that will It's to be part of the, or or comply, or, or yield to the divine design and will that God has for each and every one of our lives, church. And when we do, we will be blessed, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Making it very clear that doing the will of the Father is priority. Talking about his will isn't priority. Reading about his will isn't priority. Hearing about His will isn't priority. It's doing it. Doing the will of the Father. Complying to the command that he speaks into our life. That's the priority of Jesus' message here. All throughout the gospel's church. Making it clear that doing the Father's will is critical to our eternal life. It's critical to our blessings. It's critical to our spiritual life and spiritual maturity. If you want to mature in the Lord, obey the Lord. If you want to be blessed by the Lord, obey the Lord. If you want spiritual life and spiritual growth, obey the Lord, church. This is all part of the principles that he's trying to teach us. Note what Jesus says. He says, not everyone who implies obedience will inherit the kingdom of God. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, and understand this. Someone who says, Lord, Lord, means I'm a servant and I have a master. When you say, Lord, Lord, you are implying compliance to the one that's in authority over you. But Jesus didn't say, he didn't say, not everyone, he said, not everyone who implies obedience will enter the kingdom of God. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who serves me with their lips will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of God. the Father, Jesus said. It's those who live in obedience who will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's those who live in obedience and comply to the word of God that will experience the kingdom of heaven in their life even here on this earth. This is what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. It is those who do the will of the Father. Please understand it's not enough for the Christian to say, Roger that, Lord. Got that, Lord. But we do it all the time. Woo! That's a great word, pastor. Preach it. i receive it. Woo! Mm -hmm. Ah. It's not enough to say, Roger that, Lord. It all hinges on our willingness to comply to what we just heard. The blessing hinges on our willingness to comply and do what God says. Yeah, the word can be great, but it's greater when you do it. There is not I hope you understand what I'm saying and I don't want to take anything away from this. Kingdom there's kingdom power in the word that is released. I want to be careful how I say it. There is more power in doing what he says than hearing what he says because there is power in hearing the word of God. But there is a release of that power when you do what he tells you to do. And the reality is, listen, there's a lot of people in the house of God that have heard a lot of word, and they're filled with the power of that word. But they're not releasing that power because they're not doing that word. It's all bottled up inside of them. And the Holy Spirit and God is wondering, when will you just do my word? Because when you do it, the power of the kingdom is released into your life. Well, I don't know about you, but I want kingdom power flowing through me. Amen? Amen? Well, that happens when you obey the Word of God. It's those who live in obedience, those who do the will of the Father. It's not enough to say, I heard you, God. It's what you do with what you heard. It's what you do with what you heard. Listen, how many of you have kids or have had kids? You have kids now or you've had kids. Maybe you're like me. How many of you ever had to ask them to do something over and over and over again? Only for them to say, I heard you. I heard you. I heard you sitting on the couch. I I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. I heard you. For the fifth time, I heard you. And then our response is then, then why aren't you doing what I asked you to do? Yeah. Amen? Amen? I mean, I know I'm not the only one that's ever said that to a child. And I had it said it to myself. Then why in God's name are you not doing what I just said? And the reality is, we're God's children and do the same exact thing. He tells us over and over and over again, I heard you, God. I heard you, God. Yeah, I heard you, God. You were were pretty loud that time. I, I heard you, God. But then why aren't you doing what I said? Why aren't you complying with my command? Because there's a blessing on the other side of it. Every time God speaks a command into our life, it's because he wants to release something into our life besides words. And so we get stubborn about it and we think, oh, there's some evil motivation behind God's command into our life. But he's saying, if you would just do what I'm asking you to do, there's a blessing on the other side of your obedience. There's a reward on the other side of your obedience. There is an answer to prayer on the other side of your obedience. There's a miracle on the other side of your obedience, church. Listen, I'm telling you, when we obey the Lord, he releases the power of his kingdom into our life. But some of us just like to be stubborn like me, and we wait and wait and wait to give in to the blessing. If we could just learn to look at God's command as a blessing, we would respond differently. If we could learn to to respond to to his command as a a reward or, or look past the command to what's on the other side of it, I promise you we'd live differently. Amen, church? It's not enough for us to say, I copy that, God. We have to comply as well. It's not enough to say, like I said, I heard you. It's not enough to say, Lord, Lord, pretending to be a servant. When we say, Lord, Lord, it means you're my master, I'm your servant, I'll do what you say. And so we can't go through life pretending to be servants, amen? Honoring him with our lips while our hearts are doing what they want. There's no blessing in that, amen, church? Didn't Jesus himself say, if you love me? you will do what I say. If you love me, you will comply with my command. If you love me, you'll do my will is what Jesus was saying. And I know, like, like I said earlier, I know that might sound strong. I know that might sound militaristic, church. But the reality is, if we aren't doing God's will, we're doing the devil's or our own. If we're not doing God's will... We are doing the devil's or our own. There's no other option out there. We we either do God's will or we do the devil's will or we do our own will. It ain't anybody else's. If we're not doing God's will, we're doing the devil's will or our own instead. And Jesus made it clear, church, that our will won't get us into the kingdom. Our will won't get us there our will will drive us away but when we obey the the will of the father comply with our command comply with his command church it opens up the doors to the kingdom of heaven he says but he who does the will of the father church one of the greatest downfalls in christianity today i believe is not doing his will And I'm not saying that this is here, but I know all across the globe and all across the country, every generation, read the statistics, every generation grows more disobedient to the word of God than the one before. It's just sweeping all across the globe. There needs to be a revival of obedience. There needs to be a revival of compliance to the word of God and the will of God. And you want to know why every generation after the next grows farther away from from a spirit of obedience? It's because they grow farther away from the word of God. Every generation becomes farther and farther detached from the word of God. And it's exactly why some of the early commands of God were to teach these to our children. When you rise up, when you lie down, when you go along the way... Because if we don't, they will grow farther from the truth. They will grow farther from the will of God. And they will grow farther from the blessings that God has for them. And guess what? So will we. The truth is, sometimes doing God's will isn't easy. Amen? But doing ours is. It's easy to do my will. It's easy to do my will. It's easy to satisfy the flesh. It's easy to, to give in to the carnal cravings that come my way every. It's easy. And you guys can say amen because you know the truth. Yes. It's easy. Yes, it's not easy to obey, amen. especially on our own. It's why every day we need the Word to help us obey. Yeah. We need the Holy Spirit to help us obey. Yeah. We need His help to help us to obey. Yeah. God, help me. Give me a these are prayers we should be praying. God, give me an obedient spirit today. Yeah. Give me a spirit of obedience. I'm going to walk in your ways and not my own. You understand what I'm saying? These should be part of our daily prayers where we are surrendering ourselves to the will of the Father. And when we do that, guess what? He'll lead us. Yes. When we surrender to him, he did not just leave us there surrendered. He takes us and leads us in the way that we should walk so that we can have blessings in our life. Listen, it's easy to do our own will. It's not easy to do God's because doing his will means I must decrease so he can increase. Doing his will means it's no no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives within me. It's Christ who lives instead. It's not me, myself, and I who rules and reigns over my life and rules and reigns over my speech and rules and reigns over my thoughts and rules and reigns over my behavior and my activity. It is Jesus Christ who rules and reigns in me instead of me, myself, and I. That's what this means, and it's what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. It's hard to do that, though, church. Doing his will means denying self and taking up the cross, but boy, that's the hard one. You mean I got to deny myself? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's what the Word says. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. You want to be my disciple, you got to deny yourself. Listen, you can't serve God and yourself at the same time. You can't serve Jesus and God at the same time, and if you do try, you'll be miserable. How many have been there? I have. I've tried to serve myself and serve God at the same time, and I have been miserable every time I do. Yes. God won't give you peace, but we try to do it anyway. Try to serve God and ourself at the same time, but we can't do that, church. We have to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Him, but it's a hard thing to do, especially in the society of celebrity that we live in. The society of selfishness that we live in, everybody just wants to, be, wants to be a celebrity. They don't care what they're famous for. Watch YouTube. They don't care if they're famous for being an idiot. They don't care if they're famous for being a fool. They don't care if they're famous for half uh, almost killing themselves. And I just want to be famous. Look at, look at, look at junior high students. That's all they want. I want to be famous. I want a million likes on my my Facebook. I I just want to be famous. But who should be famous? He should be famous. Our life should not be about making ourselves famous. Our lives should be about making him famous and the kingdom of God famous. In the land and in our lives, church. And if we teach our children anything, we should teach them that. We should learn that we have to decrease so that he can increase. We we have to decrease so he can be famous through us and in us, church. Man, listen, if we could ever truly get to that point, uh, we would be like those in, in Hebrews 11. Those that are recorded in the hall of faith that just did these supernatural, awesome, amazing things for God because all they wanted to do was make God famous and not themselves. It's what the Holy Spirit is teaching us. But listen, we can't do that if it's all about me, myself, and I. Can't do that if it's all about my will. Can't do that. We can't make God famous Amen. unless we're willing to become nothing for his sake. And that's what the Holy Spirit's trying to teach us today. Doing his will means denying self, denying the flesh, denying its carnal cravings. Deni- doing his will means not my will. That's what it means doing his will means not my will remember in the garden of gethsemane when jesus came face to face with the pain and the weight of the of the father's will how many of you know there is a weight to the will of the father cross was heavy cross had a burden spiritually and physically there is sometimes suffering to doing the will of the father sometimes it hurts but I promise you there's a blessing on the other side. The cross hurt Jesus Christ, but there was redemption on the other side. There was forgiveness on the other side. There was grace and mercy and acceptance on the other side. There was healing on the other side because by his strife, I'm healed. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter how, how hard the, the will of the Father is to do. There is always a blessing on the other side of doing it, church. Jesus felt the weight of his Father's will. The Bible says that the weight of his Father's will was so heavy that it drove him to his knees. And while he was praying, my Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, let it be. And while he was saying that, the Bible says that his sweat fell like great drops of blood because his heart was so heavy with the weight of his Father's will that it was actually perspiring blood. And in the middle of carrying that weight, if there's any way this cup can be removed from me, if there's any way your will can be removed from me, but nevertheless, not my will. And that's where it all starts. His will starts when our will ends. His will is accomplished when our will ends. If you want to do His will... It means not my will. And that's what we have to do every day when we walk out the door. God, not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And every time my will tries to rise up, every time my will tries to have its way, every time my will gets hungry, every time my will gets desperate, every time my will gets out of control and and wieldy God and, and wanton, take my will away. In the midst of that, let your will be done, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit. See, the Roger part of Roger Wilco might be easy. Listening. Might be easy. Hearing might be easy. Coming to church and sitting under Pastor uh, Allen or Pastor JC or Pastor Jeff or Pastor Darryl or That might be easy for a lot of people. Listening to the word of God might be easy, church. Roger that. Might be easy. But doing what we hear, that's the hard part. The Wilco is the hard part. But remember what James said in chapter 1, verse 22. He said, be doers of the word and not hearers only. But don't just listen to God's word, Jesus said. You must do what it says. Now listen, why would James write that? He just didn't write that for the fun of it. He wrote that because he recognized 2,000 years ago in the church the same problem that the Holy Spirit recognizes in the church today. Boy, they filled up the house. And they listened to what he said, but they just wouldn't do it. What's the Old Testament prophecy? They gather together at the doorposts or at the lampposts and they say, let us go into the house of the Lord and hear what it is that the prophet has to say. And they come like my people come and they they sit like my people sit. And they hear the word that is delivered to them, but yet they do not do it. That was thousands of years ago. James encountered the same exact spirit operating in the church, and it's still operating today. The house of God is filled with hearers, but not doers. And God is calling us tonight and today to be doers of the word, to carry the culture of that kingdom out there in a lost and dying world into the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation, into the midst of darkness. He wants us to be light, church. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. For if you just listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget the man you saw. Pastor can preach his guts out. I can preach my guts out. Just to reveal to us what we really look like at the moment. And sometimes it's pretty bad and it cuts at us, and it prods at us, and it pokes at us, and it speaks to us, and, and, and we hear it. And that part's easy, but more times than not, we walk out that door, and we forget the man that we saw when the man of God was preaching the Word of God. We forget what we looked like when the kingdom of God was speaking into our lives and trying to reveal something that we need to fix in our lives by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we walk out those doors and we forget what we looked like five minutes before. And we go back to living and acting and behaving just like we did before we came in. Don't. Just look in the mirror. The Bible says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, again, it's this reminder. James is writing this because, man, every time they walked out, they forgot. They forgot what was preached and he could see it in their life. He could hear it in their language. He could see it in their behavior. So he had to speak to it. It's why the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then, then, underlined it, then God will bless you for doing it. Underline it. For doing it. God will bless you for what? Doing it. Doing his word. God will bless you for complying to his command. Not just hearing it. That's not enough. It's not enough to come in and hear what God says. We have to do what it says. Church, listen. I'm thrilled that you're here tonight. I'm thrilled that you come in on Sunday morning. And sometimes when we open up during the week to men's Bible study or whatever it is, but according to the Word of God, the blessing doesn't come into your life until you leave and do what is said tonight. So often we think, "Oh, we." It's the, the blessings right here. That's not the blessing. The blessing comes, like I said, when you walk out that door and do what is said. That's where the blessing begins. It's when you walk out that door and start doing what he said, church. The blessing comes when you leave this place and comply with what God said. But again, boy, how we struggle with that, amen? We struggle with the will comply. I'm going to start winding this down. i already quarter after. Paul writes to Titus. A very similar message and he says say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled upright and godly lives in this present age the reality is again well how's that line up what's that have to do with in order for you to do the will of the father you have to say no to the flesh you have to say no to ungodliness. You have to say no to worldly passions and worldly desires and worldly lusts. And you have to live according to God's will instead. That's what the Bible is saying. In order for us to be blessed, in order for us to do the will of the Father, we have to start learning to say no, church. We've got to learn to say no. I'm going to say no to that bottle of booze. I'm going to say no to that pornographic website. I'm going to say no to that gossip. And no to that jealousy. And no to that anger. I'm going to say no to that unforgiveness. I'm going to say no to that bitterness. I'm going to say no to that wrath. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no to having sex before I get married. I'm going to say no to having kids before I have a husband. Or, you see what I'm saying? We have to learn to say no. We have to say no to worldly passions, church. If we want to be blessed and if we want to do the will of the Father, we have to say no to the flesh, church. Have to say no to the flesh. And again, sometimes that's hard because you know as well as I do, boys, sometimes that flesh is strong. And sometimes that flesh is so unruly that we just can't seem to bring it under control. And you know when you bring, how you bring it under control? Get back into the Word. Amen. Thy Word, I have hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. How you do it is you get back down on your knees, Holy Spirit. Listen, you can get on your knees standing up. You know that. Yeah. You can get on your knees standing up. You can get on your knees driving down the road. Yes. You can get on your knees in a cafeteria. You can get on your knees in the workplace. You can get on your knees in the office spiritually, just getting on your knees is humbling yourself and saying, God, I need your help. I need the power of your Holy Spirit to overcome this temptation. I need the Holy Spirit to overcome the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. I need need the Holy Spirit to overcome my will right now. And when we do, guess what? Holy Spirit will come in and he will set us free. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist. Resist. But, oh, man, I'm going to feed that flesh instead of resist that flesh. And when we do, we get in trouble. Yeah. That's what the prodigal son did. He fed his flesh and ended up in a pig pen. Yeah. And the same thing will happen to us unless we're willing to comply and yield to the Father. I'm winding down here. I'm going to go back to the original Scripture, Matthew 7, 21 to 28, where Jesus makes a clear distinction in that entire passage between a wise man and a foolish man between a wise woman and a foolish woman and this is what jesus says this is how he starts it the way i started he said not everyone who says to me lord lord not everyone who implies obedience with their lips shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father who is in heaven Then he goes on and says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because he had its foundation on the rock. And the rock, I know, we always say, well, that's Jesus and that's his word. But the rock is also obedience. Obedience to the word. The rock is absolutely his word, but the reason that this, the reason that this house didn't crumble is because they built their life on the rock of obedience to the word of God. And, the, and it goes on and says, that's the wise man... But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the same rains came, and the same streams rose, and the same winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The wise one is obedient. The foolish one is disobedient. And if we try to build our lives on disobedience, there will be a great crash. Some of you can testify to that. Some of you can testify to that. There's been a time in my life where I've built my life on disobedience, and there was a crash you never expected. And the sad reality is, if you're living a life of disobedience today... I'm telling you, I'm not prophesying. It's the Word of God. There's there's a crash coming. If you're living in a world and a, and a lifestyle of disobedience to God, there's a crash on its way. But I thank God that He gives us a way to survive the crash. Amen? It's to just live in compliance with the Word of God, to let the Holy Spirit speak truth into our life that we can and obey and obey Him. Church, listen, I don't want... I don't want my life to crash. I want it to count. Amen? Amen. I don't want my life to be broken. I want my life to be blessed. And here's how I close. For that to happen, for you to have a blessed life, for me to have a blessed life, for you to have a fulfilling life, and me to have a fulfilling life, we have to do two things. It was in the very first passage that I read. We have to listen and comply. We have to listen and comply. We have to be willing to receive the transmission clearly into our lives. Because I, I told you the story earlier that if, that if someone is, if there's someone receiving that transmission and they don't get it clearly, they don't say Roger Wilco. They say Come again, come again, come again, come again, until they clearly understand. But it starts. Our blessing starts one by listening, and two by complying. So the question tonight is, who's willing to be a doer of his word tonight and not a hearer only? If you're willing to be a doer of his word tonight, I'm just going to ask that you stand to your feet because that's how we're going to pray. Before we pray, I know this man knows some old school songs. I don't, and if he's got one that, that fits, whatever you got. Well, I don't have one. Either Whether it's either I surrender all or something along the line of giving it to God. We're going to sing and then I'm going to pray. Use this as your surrender to the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Spirit of yeah, man. the living God. Amen. All fresh on me. Give it up to him tonight, church. We give it. Heavenly Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. God, I thank you that every time you speak a word into our lives, God, it's to bring a blessing into our lives as well. So God, I pray that you would take these words that were spoken tonight and I pray that we would hide them in our hearts, God, that we would not sin against you, that we would be able to live a life That's in compliance with your word In compliance with your leading And in compliance with the culture of your kingdom God the kingdom we live in today Tells us to do all sorts of things Father God that just satisfy and please the flesh But God I'm praying tonight that we heard a word That would help us to learn to please Our father which is in heaven So God take these words and push them deep down into our soul that they might find a fertile place to grow, that these words might bear fruit, God, in our lives and fruit that will last. God, I pray that you would forgive us tonight, God, for those times of disobedience where we walked in our ways instead of yours where we did what was right in our own eyes instead of the eyes of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I pray, God, that we would be more than listeners tonight and more than hearers. I pray, God, that when we leave this place tonight, that we would become doers of your word, God, that we would live out your command, that we would live out your communication, that we would Father God, just live out the things that you speak into our lives. Help us every day to be sensitive to your voice, sensitive to the speaking of your spirit into our lives. Let us, God, not be caught up by the culture of this world, but help us to be transformed, God, by the renewing of our minds, God, that we would think differently, God, that we would think like people of your kingdom so that your kingdom could come into our lives. God, I thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father God, for the truth and the revelation that was brought forth. And once again, thank you for using me, speaking to me, and speaking to your people as well. And now I pray, God, that as every one of these people go, that they would become the preacher. That they would become the one that shares the words that were spoken tonight into the life of someone else, God. That they would reveal the kingdom of God to those who have need. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would cover us as we go. God, there's some impossibilities and struggles and difficulties and burdens that your people are bearing this evening, God. And I pray that this word, God, would help them to become a little bit closer. God, I I was in my notes and I didn't have a chance to say it, but sometimes, God, you allow struggles to come into our lives and difficulties to come into our lives to bring us to the end of ourselves. To bring us to the end of our will so that your will could be done. And God, if that's happening in any of our lives, God, I pray that we would come to the end of ourselves, So that your will would be done in our lives, God. I pray that you would lead us past our problems. That you would lead us through our pains and our sufferings or our sicknesses and our struggles, God. That you would be king of kings and lord of lords in our lives, God. Protect us as we go. Hem us in, Father God and help us to be all that you've called us to be and do all that you've called us to do. Careful to give you all the praise and all of the glory and all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Can we bless them one more time this evening, church? You know my call. Go and be a doer this week in Jesus' name. God bless you.